in my ethos as a chef, you know, I really want to put the best uh, product on the plate, and that starts with, you know, from the soil, and uh, or or the uh, the sea or uh, the paddocks, and we want to we want to pay the producers properly, and we want to um, keep that circle uh, fair and, and open. This very interesting time in hospitality and life in general has seen a lot of people thinking about the structure of work. How does work and life fit together? And in hospitality, that is an especially delicious conundrum. Our guest today is Chef Ben Ng. He was once head chef at Noma, but we now find him south of Perth at Bustleton, where he is running Alberta's. Ben, welcome to Daddy Linen. Thank you for having me, Danny. Tell us a little bit about Alberta's and what you're doing there. Well, it's... Um it's a small uh, space in Bustleton. It's 32 seats, and um, we opened five months ago. Um, we, uh, my partner and I, did the build <clears throat> ourselves. Um, well, not physically, but we organized it, um, um, and that was uh, sort of new for us. So we organized the build and the, the carpentry and all the trades, and uh, it was about a nine-month build. But um, finally, got open, and we are doing uh, mornings at the moment. Um, we're doing four hours of service, 8 a.m. to 12 for four days. And um, it's a chalkboard menu and it's, um, you know, it's quite seasonal. So it's a lot of, uh, you know, think of it, think about the menu during the week and order stuff in and talk to producers and growers and then come up with a few dishes and breakfast style, I guess. Um, lots of lots of vegetables, um, a few pastries, a few sweets, and um, yeah, team, um, my partner and I, and then a uh, staff of two. Wow. I mean, it's a really interesting scale. The opening hours are very, very interesting. What what kind of stuff are you serving? Like, what, what, what did you have on the menu today, for example? Uh, today, we had some um smoked eggs so we have a big hearth in the the middle of the kitchen and it's um it's uh, it's all open it's an open restaurant it's open kitchen so a lot of people sit at the bar and there's um cool coffee space and and uh we really wanted that to be the focus so um smoked eggs were on the menu today with um a homemade uh, multi-grain toast using um goodies grain down in Denmark about four hours south from us and uh, it's milled by Breadco and uh, an Albany um, bakery and smoked eggs with uh, torbay asparagus, which is also in Denmark, um, radishes from our neighbor, um, and a dressing, um, just a good, re- really good late citrus uh, dressing. Um, we had some uh, chocolate tart from um, the chocolates from Margaret River, um, lemon meringue uh, pie from our neighbors again, who has an orchard and uh, a market garden for the Margaret River Farmers Market. And homemade granola, a little maple syrup, you know, a little Canadian tie in there. But um, yeah, things like that. Um, I just got out of service and it was a busy one. So it's sort of a blur right now, actually. But uh, it'll change tomorrow. So that's that's quite um, keeps my creative juices going and it, it keeps us on our toes for sure. Wow. I mean, everything sounds super delicious and it does sound, yeah, like a bit of a, a high wire act to change the menu every day to be so produce focused. I mean, uh, tell us about the 
I mean, this, I don't know where we should start, but let's first of all start by drawing a line between Noma and Alberta's. Like a lot of people would think it's quite surprising that a head chef at, um, you know, the quote unquote world's best restaurant would be serving breakfast um, a couple of hours outside of Perth. Um, how to make sense of it for us? Yeah, well, um, my partner, Kirsty, so she's from Perth, and uh, we uh, met at Noma, and we, um, uh, well, we've holidayed here in the southwest, and her parents had um, um, have a house in Yelling Up. Um, uh, they built it around 30 years ago, so it's a bit more inland, and um, she's got great ties here to Margaret River and the southwest and the, the great southern area. So she knew it well, and when I came here, down here first, you know, for a holiday, you know, I just fell in love with, it was actually winter and it was so lush and green and the forestry and, um, reminded me of, you know, fall and autumn back home in Canada where I'm from. So that was a big draw. And then, you know, we, we left Noma and put in our notice and, um, we wanted to do something for ourselves and, and be closer to family. So the idea is basically to, we wanted to move back here to, to the Southwest and, and, um, be close to her parents and family. And then because it's so seasonal, in the Southwest and Margaret river. And, um, we thought it might be, uh, I might be able to get to Canada, you know, a couple of months out of the year, you know, it, it has been busy with the build and opening and, and all that. So we haven't gotten onto that schedule yet, but that's, um, that's our thinking, you know, like we can, we can both have a, um, time with our families. And what about the, the mornings thing? Like why not open a funky little 20 seater for four dinners a week? Well, we um, we wanted to. It was winter when we opened, so um, we really wanted to. Um, well, <laughs> we did the build for so long. We just actually wanted to open, and we wanted to start small. And you know, with the <clears throat> with the hospitality and uh, staff shortage everywhere. You know, I, I was in Canada about two months ago, and and just for a visit. And I went to my old college, uh, culinary college, and they said it was the same there. You know, like it's it, the whole industry is, has changed, and and everyone I talk to, they're they're lo- they're looking for staff. I was just in Singapore um, doing an event with um, Harvest Road and Lewin Coast, but and you know I talked to a couple of my friends in Singapore. They're always looking, always looking, need staff, need staff. And our thinking when we first opened was just to get open with a couple staff and what that dictates, like we can't do everything. You know, we, we wanted to start with a small menu. We wanted to do a few things right and get the trust and, and um, gain the trust of the locals and the support of the community, which has happened, which has been amazing here in Bustleton. Um, yeah. So we're, we're, we're the mornings. Yeah. It sounds funny, but there is a, there is a way of thinking here. There is a reason behind it. We're, we're like, imagine if we, um, tried to do breakfast or, or lunch and dinners, you know, five days a week, we'd probably be underwater. Like I'd be, um, you know, just killing our, our, ourselves, you know, running our bodies through that, um, trying to, trying to push for that, um, um, type of cuisine and, and type of service with very little staff. So that was the reason behind it, but we actually, we are actually moving into, um, uh, dinner and lunches, um, probably probably by the end of the week or end of the month my apologies and um yeah because we've hired one more staff so that that it's slowly happening you know like we're building our our small family so that's uh, exciting so i mean what what about working at noma have you brought with you to this new venture <clears throat> well so much i mean 
I've spent seven years at Noma and that was, you know, it's an inexplainable, inexplicable, um, experience. And, you know, being the head chef for four, I got to, to lead and be part of a leadership group. Um, that was, you know, in my opinion, the best in the world. And you, you know, everyone has their, their team and, and wherever they're working in, 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 in every industry. Um, but just leadership skills that I developed there, um, were, were, you know, it was just, it's just a, a one in one in a lifetime opportunity to learn that kind of thing and, and learn under Renee and, and with, and work with some of the greatest minds that I've ever worked with. Um, and you know, just the pillars of cuisine at Noma, you know, there's a lot of fermentation, obviously foraging, um, and, and teamwork and, uh, and research and development. So I brought a little bit of that with me by like meeting producers first and, and, and talking to the people behind, you know, what they're growing and, and the farmers and the winemakers and, and just, um, overall, you know, the producers and you talk to them first and see how they, you know, put, put love and passion into their product. And it, it speaks for itself once you start trying it. Um, that's one one aspect of it and you know it's such a small space here in alberta's but we're trying to you know preserve a lot of uh, citrus it's the last uh, couple weeks for that um getting some pickles ready for the summer um but yeah it's just very very uh, product focused and, and produce uh produce first and what about life balance i mean was that a focus at noma i mean were there sort of lines drawn and um just that yeah that way of making work fit into your life and vice versa was that something you've you've sort of developed over the past years yeah definitely um you know renee it's 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 been a long time coming you know it was a big when i got there in 2014 it changed it changed the work-life um balance changed dramatically from when i left in 2020 um and I can only imagine it now when with, um, with Kenneth, uh, my predecessor, um, replacing me. So, um, but yeah, you know, like it was, it was always, it was tough for me because I was coming from, cause I, I always loved to be working and, and pushing and, and getting things done. And it's just, it was tough to let go. Cause I was part of that 2000, you know, getting there at 2014 and working so much. And, and it was just really, um, tough to to change the system which you know obviously it is but renee was pushing for it and we we made small changes every year pretty much and now i'm realizing that you know we need to do that here because it's such a small team and like i i work so much because i want everything to be perfect and, and put my you know blood sweat and tears into the to the business um but in the back of my mind, I re- I know each decision that we're making, Kirsten and I, are, are for the better and and, want, and getting back on track um, towards our work-life balance and getting back to um, having time for our mental and physical health. Because, I mean, I find it really interesting because so many people would go to Noma from other countries and they would see it as, you know, well, they'll be here for, you know, X amount of time and it'll be their Noma period where they'll just want to soak up as much as they possibly can. And I feel like if I was going there, I would want to work all the hours and just do all the things and just concentrate it. But then, I mean, how do you sort of balance that that intense desire to make the most of an experience with this sort of, I guess, yeah, philosophy that things should be uh, a little bit more balanced. Yeah, it's um, 
Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, okay, I'm going there uh, as a chef and I want to just, you know, put 110% into it, um, put 110% effort into my, my experience there to, to get what I put at, put into it. Right. I get out of what's the saying, get out, uh, um, what you put in. Um, so, but you can't, you know, you can't work 20 hours a day and the body just starts and the mind specifically really, um, gets tired and you make poor decisions and you make mistakes and you, as a leader, potentially can lose your temper and you can, you can react in a, in a way that isn't, um, uh, uh, the right way, you know, and then, whereas when you're focused and maybe you're working 12 to 14 hours, which is common in our industry and, um, it, it, it is long, but when you have that, um, when you when you're sleeping properly, when you when you're able to get up and eat breakfast and potentially go for a walk or just get outside before coming to work instead of just waking up and going and brushing your teeth and, and you know sleeping in your work clothes and you know not not saying that's happening but it's just like a, 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 an exaggeration. Um, you realize it pretty quickly because you're, you know, it, it's intense even even when when that work life balance is is happening. Um, as, you know, at Noma, in the, the later years, it was really, really well balanced, but we're still working a lot, you know, and really pushing. And when you're at work, you know, we expect as a leadership group, as the leadership group, and when I, when I was a part of it, um, for everyone to be 100% focused. And it's intense, and we expect high standards, and we're direct, and, and you know, it's not militant by any means, but it's... it's um, Renee and the um, test kitchen, they have a specific menu that we need to execute and everyone needs to be firing on all cylinders to, to execute that. And if you had very little sleep and, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of, uh, you know, overwhelmed by work and you're, you're, you you want to do everything, it's just, it just doesn't happen like that. Yeah, that really makes sense. I guess, yeah, soaking up an experience and making the most of it I, yeah, and that's in that way could make for a really toxic environment if people are really stretched and underslept. And um, I guess that's not going to be the rich learning experience that you hope for, or, or it's going to be a very mixed experience. So what actually was the um, the structure at Noma in terms of working hours and days off by the time you left, I mean? Um, by the time we left, so we were doing um – so, um, pretty much, I'm pretty sure it was Tuesday to Friday, uh, dinners. So we would have our seasonal menus and, and just say right now it's, it's, uh, it is actually the game season in Copenhagen. So, um, I'm pretty sure it's the same, but I'm not sure. So when I left, it was uh, Tuesday to Friday dinners. So you would get there, we would have a call time for chefs at 10 o'clock in the morning. And, um, yeah, we had, uh, we had staff breakfast at 1130 um and we'd prep and then we'd have i believe staff dinner was at um 3 30 or 4 and then 5 30 guests would start arriving and um last seating was i believe 8 30 <clears throat> so um that that worked out great because of that 10 o'clock start and a lot of you know a lot of a lot of chefs really try and be there a little bit earlier, just, you know, have, um, so they're not just rushed, rushed at 10 o'clock and it's so busy. They'd like to get there and have a little coffee, but that's fine. But, you know, I took that time to, 
either train or, or do yoga with Curse. And um, we had a small group who did that together. Um, and then on Saturdays, we did lunch. So it was a bit of a push Friday night going into Saturday lunch. It was an early start. And that, that sleep was a bit shorter. But the lunch only, two seatings, um, we would have Saturday night off. So Saturday night off, Sunday off, Monday off, and then back on Tuesday. So that was a really popular um, schedule for for the whole group at Noma, and we all voted on it and and and, and picked our preferred time slots um, because we, as the management group in the kitchen, we would try and schedule somebody off on the Saturday, and that that would mean that they could have a three day weekend every say month or so, and depending on the section rotation and this and the roster, and you know when I was my turn and on the management team, you know we would. You know, Kirsty and I would take a long weekend to, you know, Paris, or, you know, it's such easy. Fl- um, there's such easy flights over in, in Europe, obviously, uh, a bit different to here in, in Australia. It's so vast, but um, yeah, people would just we we'd, we'd schedule those three day weekends, and and they'd come back um, pretty refreshed in in my eyes. Yeah, that sounds pretty great. Like a, a really really nice rhythm. I mean, in, in Australia, you know, you've been open for a while now and and planning to scale up. Just in terms of how much you're able, you think the market will stand in terms of charging for meals, how do you feel, do you think there'll be other challenges in terms of maintaining a, a weekly rhythm that, um, you know, suits you in all, in all ways? Well, regards to price, I think um, <clears throat> we have uh, um a strong price points and that meaning it's uh we're using the best quality um ingredients we can get our hands on and we won't uh um we really pride ourselves on that and we really want to in my in my ethos as a chef you know i really want to put the best uh, product on the plate and that starts with you know from the soil and uh, or or the uh, the sea or uh, the paddocks um so um and we want to we want to pay the producers properly and we want to, um, keep that circle, uh, fair and, and open. And, um, yeah, the price points, everything's going up, you know, it's been, it's been a bit crazy and we're, but the thing is with our, our, our small menu and, and breakfast menu and an opening during the winter and having the locals come and support us, we're able to have conversations with them as it, as it's an open kitchen and, you know, We've got we've got uh, guests who come you know two three times a week you know either for coffee two times out of three and then a a meal uh, for the for the last um, but we really took that time to build those relationships and really get to know uh, the community and we're we're super open with how we're going forward and our staffing and you know they they you know, apart from our, um, you know, accounting numbers, they, they know us and, and the staff and, and the business, um, like it was their own. So, um, that was the plan to really, really build that relationship. And, um, they know that we're going to try and, you know, we're not just using X product from X producer or, or, um, veg uh, supplier. We are, um, sourcing it ethically and we really want to, um, use the best and, and and now they've they've sort of grown with us with the past five months so um we've tested a few lunches uh you know a couple courses set menu and uh some a couple formulas so um seems to be a good response so far and um we're looking forward to going uh, uh with that in the future tell me what it's like you know being 
in this small community place where you're chatting to customers that are coming a few times a week? I mean, it's so different to what you've been doing for the past several years. Well, it's it's actually kind of similar because we um, we had, even at the old Noma, or, um, before we changed locations uh, to the Noma 2.0, we, you know, the service was... Um, you know, chefs would serve a lot and, and, you know, that's pretty common nowadays, but you build a lot of relationships through that. And like at the new, at the new space, um, where Noma moved to, um, 2018, it was even more open and, and we would have regulars, you know, uh, and we would build relationships with them. So I guess obviously on a, a larger scale and I wouldn't know everyone there, but I also don't know everyone here, but I, I make a, a conscious effort to, we all make a conscious uh, effort to say hello and good morning and serve food um, and, and really um, be hospitable to our, our guests because it, it really is like walking into our home here in Alberta. So um, it is, it's, uh, it's great. You know, I, I love talking to the guests and um, because we're such an open kitchen, we really have to be uh, organized and clean and, and it, it just makes for a better service as well. And also it, it you know, you get that sort of, instant gratification of course if they if they like the dish but um you know there's been a lot of 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 happy guests and um it really satisfies you as well because you know it's a lot of work you know just running a business as um you know it's it's our first venture as well so we're it's our we're out of our comfort zone growing and it's just really you know really nice to see happy people and 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 happy guests so um yeah, I, I can't wait to, to offer a little bit more and, you know, a bit more protein and change up the dishes and um, see what see what comes next. Ben, let's take a, take a step back and talk about how you first got interested in food as a career. Tell us about growing up in Canada and um, where the path took you. Um, yeah, it's a bit, um, you know, I, I didn't grow up with, with a huge food culture in my, in my family, but my, my father is from Hong Kong and his uh his parents they they immigrated to canada when he was eight so um and they actually didn't they don't didn't speak english they're they're past now but um but i have um distinct memories of you know going over to their house and they'd be cooking some chinese uh dishes and it would be all pretty foreign and exotic to me and but we would always go to dim sum and, and special occasions on my father's side to uh uh Chinese Chinese food, Chinese restaurants. My uncle had a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown, Ottawa, um, and my grandparents opened up a grocery, an Asian grocer in, in Chinatown. And so that was pretty, um, I guess, in my in the back of my head and growing up because I was always playing <clears throat> uh, ice hockey as you do in Canada, and I didn't really get into cooking until. Uh, maybe 17, 18, um, when I got a dishwashing job for the summer and. Um, I eventually uh, got onto the fry station um, at a fish and chip shop in uh, Canada, a suburb where I'm where I grew up, and um, yeah, it got kind of sparked. And I guess you know that my my Chinese heritage um, had that you know it was pushing me in the background. I, I, from what I I um, when I think about it, um, looking back now. Um, and then, yeah, just really good mentors in Ottawa as, as well. After the the fish and chip shop, you know, I worked for a lot of good chefs and you know a lot of good advice from from some solid cooks and chefs. So that was, um, you know, a lot of people. You know, I could have probably went on a different path if I wasn't uh, being uh, taken care of by a few few chefs in in, in my mind. Um, so yeah, it was really 
a learning experience in Ottawa. Uh, so interesting, the magic of the fryer, the alchemy. <laughs> so I know that you cooked for time at 11 Madison Park. Was that a key experience for you? That was great. You know, I, I when I worked in Ottawa and my first, um, you know, at, at this 27-seat cafe, it was like the first time I was really introduced to proper cooking and um, two brothers ran it, Ross and Simon Fraser. They really um, showed me... Um, the way and they really led me to success and and ross did a lot of uh internships or or stagiaires uh stage stages in new york city and he said just go you know like just you can how much does this boss cost you know you can get a little hostel and go to new york for a week and and stage in all the restaurants so i did that and i did that a couple times at 11 madison just to do it and i was never looking for a job or um to move to new york because i was you know i you know when you're a young kid you don't really I mean, I didn't have aspirations of moving to the big city in New York, and uh, it was pretty uh, intimidating, actually. Um, but they did offer me a job, and I jumped on it, um, thought about it, and, and jumped on it. And, yeah, it was really key um, just to see not only the food coming out of the 11 Madison Park and the Michelin, uh, the three Michelin-starred uh, standards, um, but just to be immersed in the culture of New York City as well and, and how much how much food is in New York city and so many different, different types of cuisines all done like really well. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, amazing. We had a really good crew there. Um, and I still have lifelong friends who I keep in touch with from 11 Madison. And, uh, yeah, it was a really special time in my culinary career and my, my life. What do you think you're, you've taken from that, that you're using today? Well, it really taught me um, the standards of, of, of uh, a line cook. Um, there was such a big group and management team. You know, I had, you know, the fish line. I was working on the fish line. Uh, no, the meat line. And um, as an entremetier cook, so, you know, garnishes and, and starches and uh, purees. And we had our own sous chef. Um, each section really had their own sous chef. And there was no you know, he, he would be, my sous chef at the time would be, you know, just directing and, and, and ordering. And I didn't take it as like, you know, um, you know, talking down to me or anything, but it was just very direct. And he, you know, he was a senior cook there and, and obviously he knows better than me. So there was a lot of just structure and, um, you know, I really took uh, pride in, and, and, you know, you, you take pride in your little section, you know, because that section is part of a bigger, this you know, a bigger whole and a, and a bigger um, uh, entity. So, you know, if, if everyone's on, 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 uh, on place and on fire and really just sort of organized and focused, you know, everything really just flows during service. Whereas, you know, if one person goes down, you know, what happens, you know, the whole, the whole meal can, uh, can, can suffer. And, and then the kitchen and somebody has to jump on to help him or her. And, um, it's just, uh, yeah, we all did it for each other, you know, and, and, and I took a lot, um, from that. Mm, sounds great. What, uh, produce spend are you seeing around you that you're excited to use in the lunch and dinner menus at Alberta's? Um, I just got some peaches in today and, um, they're from, uh, North Perth. And then I just got a couple text messages before I got on the uh, phone with you, um, regarding blueberries and some white nectarines and just some updates with uh, stone fruit coming early December. So that's, you know, a couple of weeks off, but you know, you can, you can plan and, um, get organized for menus, uh, you know, 
months at a months at a time and really just start planning some not specific dishes because we're so we're kind of spon- we're, we're kind of off the cuff here um week to week but we can get some staple ingredients in and, and i'm still happy that my um my local grower has some really nice uh, citrus um growing and we've got different types of oranges still available so we were grilling some of those and um yeah um line caught fish you know i've got a couple fishermen who i i work with that give me updates all the time and it's just you know hey i got this i got this you know would you like to to use it and I, it's been a bit um i haven't been able to because it's more breakfast style here at, at the moment but i'm really excited to um to start doing some dinner and lunches um, so that we can sort of showcase more of the great Southern produce. We had a guy on recently on the podcast who's doing a Barramundi Eggs Benedict, which is oh, um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, maybe there is, there is seafood in breakfast possibilities beyond, I guess, smoked salmon. But yeah, I mean, it's, you don't normally, you don't necessarily look there. It's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and how's the ice hockey scene in Bustleton, Ben? Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was approached like maybe the first or second week I got into the Southwest that there's actually a roller hockey scene down here and, um, no ice. It's a little too warm for that, but, um, uh, there's a roller hockey and it apparently gets quite intense, but so I have to, I'm going to have to stay away cause I know my, um, my temper on the ice or in the rink gets a little out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Need all, need all four limbs for the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Great. Um, well, it's so exciting to chat to you and to hear about what you're up to now and also what you're planning. Um, yeah, what should we expect when we get to Alberta's over the months and years to come? Well, we, um, we're uh, excited to, to start with um, Friday night dinner and a couple lunches on the weekend and um, expect, you know, a lot of stuff from the grill and a lot of stuff um, uh, from the hearth. We're smoking with strawberry gum and uh, eucalypt today. Um, you know, from our test lunches, we did a really great uh, pasture-raised um, um, chicken and poultry. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm just really excited to offer more of um, – you know, expand the menu a little bit and, um, and, and use some of the preserves from, from the winter and offer something that, uh, some, some people might not, um, be accustomed to here in Bustleton, not to say that we're going out and, you know, uh, doing anything too crazy, but, um, yeah, just our, hopefully our venue can, can provide something, a, a point of difference with, uh, the grill and the, in the relationships that, you know, Kirsty brings in the front of house and, um, and then, and, you know, the open kitchen and, and just the warmth um, to our venue that some people may not have experienced before. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to welcoming new guests for sure. Well, really appreciate your time in talking us through it, Ben. It's um, fantastic to hear about it. Uh, and, yeah, I look forward to getting down there before too long, I hope. Yeah, you're always welcome. And, and thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you. Great to have a chat. Cheers. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. 
We can't wait to hear from you. This is